Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to the AEW Rampage Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review Friday night's episode of. Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy. But here's my number. This is baby. <laughs> and what do you make of this week's show? Oh, well, the best part of it was a 40-second vignette. An airport. An airport. Basically, the second best thing on this episode of Rampage was a vignette montage involving Matt Hardy. So what does that say? <laughs> That's, uh, the first match was better than that, let's be honest. But yeah. another 6.5 edition with a crushing disappointment of a main event. A, a crushing disappointment of a main event. Yeah, so I hadn't seen this show, and I said, oh, how is Rampage this week? Homework, in it? Yeah. I watched it this morning. You, uh, you said to me... Yeah, just a bit disappointing in the main event. And I was watching that thinking, oh, I might disagree with Sid on this one. It's trendy, you know, like Brody King doing Brody King things, trucking uh, Daniel Garcia left, right, and center. And I was like, you don't know what he's complaining about here. And then it happened. And yeah. I went, oh, no, there it is. Anyway, well, five minutes of the match. We'll get to that. Not just the finish. In due course. Because uh, the show opened with a TNT Championship match. Powerhouse is Hobbs' first defense against Ray Phoenix. Uh, Alex Abraham is ringside for Ray. Meanwhile, Powerhouse Hobbs has QT Marshall and the QTV crew, uh, including um, Harley Cameron filming things from ringside. Um, Why? So, no, it's a question. I don't. I, uh, I, well, I was going to say for television, but then I realised as I say that you were watching it on television. Grant that, yes. All, but also, um, it's my real pet peeve of mine, and I, I shouldn't really get so upset about all this. But if Harley Cameron was filming stuff for QTV's QTV show huh? uh, next week on Dynamite, for example. Why was she filming in portrait? Is that on purpose as a bit? I don't. Because this is a... So they can put the big TMs... Sorry, QTV things. Well, maybe, side. but the whole thing is this incredibly petty, thin-skinned um, riff on wrestling media. Is the idea that she's filming it in portrait... 
because wrestling media is all inherently dumb. And to be Maybe. honest, I was on wrestling media. I was on wrestling Twitter this weekend. I thought, what am I doing? Yeah, I think I, I saw. What I went on am for I doing with my thirty mind? seconds? Saw the reaction to a legitimate dream match, oh, and God, went, I, "We'll get. To, well, we'll get to it." I'm, yeah, I'm not talking about the discussion surrounding it. No, I'm just not going to do it. Fair enough. Good idea. Because um, the thing is, we talked about this when we were previewing this match. You, your brilliant um, Simpsons monkey paw thing. It's like, do you want to see Powerhouse Hobbs? Just smash up Ray Phoenix. Absolutely. And Ray Phoenix uses, you know, Lucha high-flying speed offense to try and get something in. Yeah. But also got to do some QTV bollocks. Hey, hey. Low bar. Low bar. But uh, they didn't have... They didn't make him cheat. Granted. They didn't assist him in any way. They were just chewing scenery at ringside. we got got to get my TV time. So, uh, yeah, as I said, Phoenix early on uh, uses uses his speed and uh, agility to knock Hobbs off his feet with a cabrada. uh, And then Phoenix tries it again, and Hobbs just went, no, not again. Huge power slam. uh, And then Hobbs whips Phoenix into the ringside barricade and uh, brings him back in, whips him into the turnbuckle, stands on his throat. Um, Delayed vertical suplex for a near fall. And then the dreaded nerve holds to take us to a break. Uh, when we come back, Phoenix tries to run the ropes, but he's been having his arm and, and what have you targeted, and they put this over on commentary. Big show on commentary, of course. Paul he was White, good, so, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, Hobbs uses that injury uh, to yank him off the top into a power slam for a near fall. Uh, Phoenix tries for a German suplex, and I was like, what are you doing, mate? Ray, come on. I don't know why I don't learn from this, from, you know, Rio or... A lot of times that people have done this. He tries for a German suplex on, and I'm like, you know, it's powerhouse Hobbs, mate. It's not going to happen. Until it bloody did. Yeah, Hobbs elbows out of it, and then Phoenix manages to hit it to a great reaction. Uh, gets a near fall. Fires up. Hits a cutter. Another near fall. Uh, walks across the top rope. Does that kick of his on Hobbs. But Hobbs comes back and just pounces Phoenix into the corner. He just sort of like folded up around the top rope and the turnbuckle and what have you. Uh, Spinebuster from Hobbs gets a two count as well. Uh, Phoenix comes back with a pair of hook kicks. Both men are down. Phoenix recovers, hits the frog splash. He gets a two count. Three super kicks, goes for rolling cutter, but Hobbs catches him with a brutal looking Spinebuster, then hits the town business uh, to get the pinfall victory. Post match, it looks like Hobbs is going to wreck Alex Abrahantes. He doesn't, but QT Marshall gives him the diamond cutter just in case. Yes, um, I wonder how this would have played out on Dynamite and if Rampage has become this sort of, what's the word I'm looking for, Hellmouth, where (laughs) everything that gets sucked into it just has this sort of flat, distinctly, like Rampage in and of itself has become a term for pretty flat and heatless because Mm. the show has just become this B slash C show. That's nowhere near what it was. And I wonder if we finally reached a point where it's become a WWE-style thing where why aren't you reacting? And it's because this thing, this entity known as Rampage, does not in any way feel premium, must-see, sort of must-watch professional wrestling, and even the good stuff on there. And this was good. Mm. Um, Just becomes a Rampage match and all the attendant bad middling mid vibes that come with it because the point I'm trying to make is if this was on dynamite 
on the premium show that people care about and take seriously, and this exact match happens beat for beat, does it get a much louder reaction? Does I think it get so. a much hotter reception online? Does pe- do people actually talk about it as something that happened in a positive tone? Um, because there was some really good stuff in this match. I thought Phoenix, even by his standards, looked particularly dynamic, mm. particularly fast. He looks like he's slimmed down. He looks like he's uh, he's often, because of the schedule that he works, you get two Ray Phoenixes. There's one who's just one of the best wrestlers in the world who just moves about in incredibly creative ways, at just ridiculous speeds. And there's the one who looks like he's had a bit of a bat run over the past month <laughs> and sometimes just doesn't really turn up. This was the good Phoenix, mm. but again, the crowd are just, it just, it's Rampage. This is Rampage. So the match didn't really stand that much of a chance because of the show on which it was worked. Um, they told the expected story. They told it well. They got that magic adjacent moment where he did that incredible sort of backwards flip into the German, got a massive reaction as it should. It looked awesome and they built it credibly throughout. Um, Hobbs's stuff looked really good when he was like snatching. I think that is the word. Yeah. He was snatching Phoenix and it was sort of power-based offense. So a lot of this was really, really good. Maybe it could have hit an awesome ceiling if it were on a different show. Um, it wasn't, so it was what it was. Um, just on Paul White, and he did this to really good effect for half of um, Brody King versus uh, Daniel Garcia, just in case I forget to mention it. He is so good at putting over a powerhouse. There was a bit of serendipity here in that the one week that Jim Ross wasn't on comms because he was at home treating his foot and, you know, we punch up at Jim Ross mm-hmm. for certain prehistoric attitudes that he has, um, but we will never punch down on Jim. And at the same time, we recognized his brilliant contributions to the business, even if he's aged out of it, mm-hmm. is the uh, diplomatic way of putting it. All the best to him, but in his absence, if you're going to have two Hoss matches, you've got the perfect commentator. Yeah. Um, Paul White has really grown into the role, and he just really conveyed just how much it hurts to get trucked by <laughs> men of the size of uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Brody King. Um, yeah, you know, I'm talking in terms of at least, I hate those two words, at least three, f- my, apart from Invisible Camera and Impromptu Match, my least favorite words in all of wrestling are at least, because that sort of suggests that you are justifying something that you didn't really enjoy that much. Why would I do that when my escapism my time to just, my recreation time is at such a minimum. I shouldn't have to say at least, or that was solid. At least, however, I still hate the QTV thing. I still think it's very petty. I still think it's beneath Hobbs. Dot, dot, dot. At least I'm not being patronized and being told that Powerhouse Hobbs needs QT. Yes. Or um, Solo to interfere on his behalf because I just wouldn't take it seriously. Um it's Madhouse, just the factory minus Comro on a go-go. Yeah, weird. That's what it is. Um, and Cole Carter, who was a member of them for a while oh, yeah. as well. <laughs> um, so basically, it's nepotism. All right, the factory didn't work. You know what could work? The factory. What? <laughs> All I want to see is QT Marshall get beaten up. He's good at being an opening match house show guy who gets his ass kicked in funny ways. That's the ceiling for him. I hate the idea that I'm being asked to take him seriously. It's get it's bordering on Brandy Rhodes level of let's do something for this person who's on management on TV. 
and it just never works. We've had cute. It's worked. The only time it's worked are uh, when factory feud with best friends. They needed something for zero hour, whatever it's called these days. And QT Marshall was fantastic at selling for Danhausen because he's good at getting beaten up by babyface comedy guys. Because he's a great bumper, yeah. great great hand. That worked. His debut appearance where he was basically oh, this hopeless jobber who Cody has to work with. Oh, but he's not that hopeless. That worked. Mm. Uh, QT Marshall is weird being sort of manipulated by the bunny. Didn't work. Factory didn't work. This doesn't work. He's got a ceiling. God damn it. Stop trying to raise it. <laughs> uh, we get a video package for Adam Cole. Uh, he's returned to the ring, of Who? course. Adam Cole, baby! Thank you. Uh, he returns... I'm a bit rough, so I can't add too much life to this podcast. A week on Wednesday, March 29th, uh, makes his in-ring return. Uh, teases an opponent, doesn't get a, we don't get a name, um, and uh, hypes up AW All Access. We do got a potential red herring, which Ooh. furthers my idea, my fantasy booking. Adam Cole said something akin to, don't care who it is. Did he say, I'm looking for a grey technician, or it could be a grey yes. technician? I still think that is a red herring with the idea being that they're going to make you think it's a Tony or someone who's there to give you a good match and losing it. I still think they're going to go with Lance Archer. I do not think that Rampage match he had against someone mm, was... I've forgotten it, but yes. I don't think that was a mistake. I don't think it was that random. I think they hid something in plain sight there, and I think Cole's plea for, request for, or acceptance of a, quote, technician was definitely a red herring here. Uh, and Stu Grayson cuts a promo. Great to see he's all elite, um, of course. Again, I should say. First person ever to become all elite again? I believe so. Yeah. We've I, had people who've made sporadic appearances pop back up. I think this is the first person to sign a second contract, and it just makes you feel old, makes the yes. emotion feel a bit old when it's already going through milestones. Mm. You know, it's had people signing for a second time. It's had, you know... Set changes. We've been through the... The plan was to make Hangman Page the ace. We've now reached the, all right, well, he's had his time, what now sort of thing. I've had John Moxie heel turn, so one person who thought there was ever going to be a steamboat of this promotion. In a warped way, it's nothing like... No, I get steamboat, what you mean, though. But, like, lifetime, babyface. Yeah, a lot of milestones making me feel old and making this promotion feel very much like an establishment. Uh, so Stu's cutting a promo uh, from hospital where Evil Uno's recovering from the concussion that Moxley gave him on Dynamite. Grayson's back in AW and he fancies facing John one-on-one -on, -one on Wednesday. Should be tremendous. We will preview it as and when. Uh, then it was uh, Ty Valkyrie's debut. Um, a very straightforward squash match here uh, for her to make a statement, basically, against Ava Lawless. Uh, dominates the match, the whole 80... 77 seconds of it. Um, hits the spear and hits effectively her version of Jaded, which they're very keen to point out on commentary. She's been doing before Jade Cargill was doing it. Uh, and then Jade Cargill and her entourage uh, are making notes still at the top of the stage. Yeah, Paul White suggested, and this is where my mind went as well, that they're going to do some kind of injunction to prevent Tyre from using her version of Jaded, despite the fact that she's used it before, which is decent, I guess, in that it sells fear. 
puts over the idea that Jade Cargill's worried about this threat and how often has that happened? I still contend that Jade versus Taya is a... Why do I want this match? Mm-hmm. I do, and I would never, ever have ever picked it, but now that it's in front of me, I'm thinking, yes, and I can't articulate it any, mm. in any other way other than that. But at the same time, this is a promotion in which uh, everyone does a dive. I'm not, I'm not just saying it either. Virtually everyone does a dive. Who doesn't do a dive in AEW? Hobbs doesn't. That's about it. FTR don't. Has Hook done a dive before? No. Good shout. Danielson dives, Moxley dives, Hangman dives, Kenny dives. MJF when it's required. MJF doesn't do a dive, but he'll do a top rope elbow drop. We've seen that now. Every one in every three Mm. dynamites is here, Destroyer. Yeah. Actually, I haven't seen that many Destroyers of late. Mm. I don't even think there was a Destroyer in the... In the last six um, Death Triangle Elite Best of Sevens, I was kept waiting for one on the apron. Mm. Never happened. Um, but you know, the point I'm trying to make is that it stretches suspension of disbelief that A, he will be able to do this injunction, or B, a babyface or a commentary team could even entertain it as a real thing. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. It's just. It, there's another bit of this company-wide lack of discipline that really upset me later on the show as well. Ooh. I was cross-watching this. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Then it was time for Stokely Hathaway's training camp. Uh, with the likes of uh, Isaiah Cassidy, Matt Hardy, and Ethan Page. He's got the match with Hook, obviously, 
this week. Um, and his way to counter a slam is tickle his way out of it. I've popped at that. Yeah. And I particularly like the bit where he's getting um, body slammed, I think, by Matt Hardy. He's like, ah, why are we doing this? And they're like, come on, Stoke. He's a bloody suplex machine. And then <laughs> and Ethan, Ethan Page, Page goes, like, why are we doing body slams? <laughs> yeah. That popped me, to be fair. This wasn't bad at all. Yeah. This was the best um, segment in this ongoing saga that I've been reliably formed has gone on the vlogs. Uh, but I decent build for a match that isn't at random. Mm. Like they know they've got something special with it. It's very much the uh, Captain America meme, I think it is, of like, oh, I really enjoyed that. Well, if you enjoyed that, there's more on the vlogs if you want to check them out. No, I don't think I will. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks anyway. It's still rather not. Yes. Uh, cool. And Ange and Daddy Magic got a great reaction in Canada, They're of course. Great one, to be honest. Not as much as... Well, there was this lots of signs. Flat. Um, Bollywood boys are facing them. Um, nice to see them back in a wrestling ring. I've seen a lot of them, uh, all the stuff they've been doing out on the indies, so great to see them back, you know, doing stuff here. Um, and, yeah, they, they fire off early on. There was like a modified sort of heart attack with a top rope elbow instead of a running clothesline uh, early on. They started fast, uh, but... Um, Daddy Magic takes down one of them to go to a break when we come back. Um, hot tag from the Bollywood boys, but they are soon cut off and hit with that double team implant DDT from the two members of the JAS. We do a little scissor to uh, give a nod to the acclaimed here. Oh, did you catch that reference? <laughs> um, right. I'm going to try and phrase this delicately because I don't want it to seem like, you know, too much of a dig. Fights coverage of AEW's TV shows is very, very good. Rarely buffers or anything daft like that. It's better than bloody Disney Plus as an app, which is incredible to me. The amount of money comparatively yeah. that goes into each thing. And um, the viewing experience on Fight, on Dynamite, none look like at least, is really good because they don't just slam to the Dynamite logo on a loop. You get every picture-in-picture thing. You get cool little glimpses of the commentary. For it's real Pando era, that, the, yeah. the, the logo. That gave yeah. me a horrible flashback there. Um, but on Dynamite, certainly, with Fight, they just let the picture-in-picture just be the picture because there's no adverts on Fight. You get nice glimpses of commentary and all the rest of it. For whatever reason, and it's always the match that goes in the middle of the card, right? For whatever reason... It's the match that gets mutilated the most by mm. a commercial break. It's the one where the benefit of watching on fight you don't get because it just goes to the Rampage logo for what feels like three minutes. And what was especially annoying here is that it just happens at random. I heard a podcast, right, and I'm not going to name and shame the Willborn, <laughs> but you'll be disgusted at this. I heard a professional wrestling podcast the other day, obviously not ours, where, you know, the, I don't know, the A-cast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mid-sentence. Oh, come on, boys. Mid-sentence without a care in the world. Just let it land where it does. Yeah. As a professional broadcaster, this would have disgusted you. I'll name and shame them to you, obviously, when obviously, we finish yeah. recording. Um, but I, what happened here is that the Bollywood boys were about to do this really cool-looking double DDT thing, and it's went, this was Ray and Pigs, baby. Three minutes later... Yeah, to show you that you've all been waiting. Oh, fucking hell. 
And what I did is I bang, 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 press forward five or ten seconds on that button, bang, 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 and I went like five finger presses too fast, and that's all the finish. Yeah, it was like you missed the entire match, basically. Yeah. In terms of that podcast, all I've got to say to them. You got a journalism for that? You got to be joking me. Um, let's move on to something that you and I both enjoyed. You hyped this up to me. Yeah, uh, God. And it, it lived up to your uh, billing. So, <laughs> so we see Don Callis. He's there on the hug rug, uh, <laughs> Winnipeg Airport, waiting for one Kanosuke Takeshita, of course. Yeah, acknowledges the camera. Yeah. You know why? Why is that? it exists. Yeah. And yeah, he. <laughs> and Kanosuke comes down the escalator. He's like, here he is now. And there's a lady there with some flowers for him. And there's a bloke playing this drum to just. I mean, everyone turns their head in the airport because obviously it's just this insane musical entrance. And all I heard was Callis going, look at the pageantry! Yeah. It's great, this. Absolutely fantastic. This is going to be my favourite thing in wrestling. I can feel it already in my bones, in my plums. Down on my plums. Feel it down on my plums. Because I don't know where it's going. There are at least three different directions I can see this going. And all of them just end up in absolutely brilliant matches. And more to the point, it's not just the matches and the match quality and the different things that I would like to be able to speculate on and fantasy book and just wait with bated breath as to which direction they can go. And there are several. It's just Don Carlos is so funny. Like he's got he's such a carny worm. His delivery he's out of this world as a as a promo. It's just great. And what I love about this here is that they are measuring the tone of this brilliantly. Don Callis, look at the pageantry. <laughs> He's so funny. He's so desperate. He's, you might as well have a ticker tape below, like a rolling graphic underneath yeah. Takeshita saying, you know the lower Chiron of Hangman Page, um, going to try our black wrist tape this, this week, and then the next week, nah, it didn't really work out when he lost the match. They might as well have Don Callis' meal ticket. He's yeah. making it so obvious but what I love about Takeshita, and this is so fantastic, this guy is going to be an out-and-out -out star on North American TV. His reaction shots were just incredible here. He's basically just bemused by it all. Yes. He's so nice that he doesn't really detect the suspicion, but he's not so stupid that mm -hmm. he's like, oh, yeah, Don Carlos, like you're going to make or break my career and you're definitely not going to take 60% of the cut or something like that. He's just bemused, as he would be. His comedic deadpans are fantastic, but at his core, he's just a nice fella yeah. who is thinking, or at least I'm inferring from his body language, he's thinking, huh? Uh, I'll go with it. This guy's a manager of champions. Yeah. He's being nice to me, but he's not like, oh, Don Callis, I'm definitely going to fall for your snake oil charms. They've just measured all of this brilliantly. The hug rug. The hug that rug. That guy has been in and out of Winnipeg in the National Airport or whatever it's called for, what, 30-odd years. He's, he knows that's been there for a while. He's like, got to do something on the hug rug. Yeah. I love the idea of a hug rug. Great, great mm. shout. Um, then came, so we talked about this a little bit on the preview, uh, Tony Khan teasing a dream match announcement, which was announced before the show, obviously, on socials. Yeah, he just said we're going to profile it on Rampage to give people an idea of who Vikingo is. Yeah, because... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, That's why I did it. 
Um, so yeah, there's a 30 seconds. Not that you and I obviously needed it to get any more jazzed about uh, this Wednesday, which we'll of course preview um, later on in the week. Kenny Omega versus El Hijo Del Vikingo. Um, yeah, I, we said we weren't going to talk about it, and I don't want to. But yeah, people are idiots online. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he's done the thing now. He's done the thing that they said they didn't do for Bandido until the night of uh, when he debuted against Jericho. There have been a few more examples of this. He's done the thing now. Mm-hmm. He has shown you highlights of Vikingo, okay? And he's told you what to expect. He's told you the reason why the match is happening, the story, if you will. So, um, See, well, Hamlet say it's a, I'm not sure if you were in the office today when he said this, which is a very valid point, but again, no one's going to make it because, well... A, because tweeting about NXT doesn't do anything anyway on socials. And B, because uh, it's one rule for them and one, one rule for the other ones. Um, how much Dragon Lee footage have you seen on NXT? Yeah, no, 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 no whatsoever. Like, absolutely no whatsoever. You'll still get the tweets on Wednesday night. Who in it? I've just turned tuned in. And who's this guy? Like, they have to just have this rolling recap of... They've done the thing. They've done the thing. They have done the thing. They have given you footage. Look, the thing is, is that people want to overcorrect overcompensate in defiance of the bad takes. I think they could have gone a little bit more in the footage. could have been a little bit longer. They could have shown the build-up to those spots. Yeah. Because those spots work as well as they do because in that moment before he executes something just unreal, you're thinking, how? Mm. What's he doing and how is he going to end up there? If anything, this could have benefited from being a bit longer, but that wasn't what was discussed. I'm just going to say, we're going to move on now. I'm just going to say what I always say when these uh, bad faith takes yes. come out. You know the the machine you went on to type into Twitter, I don't know who this person is, just open another tab. You know tab. who the person is, I told you who the person is. One thing as well I want to point out, just in case there are good faith people, and I, every one of our listeners, this is why I'll talk about it briefly on a podcast and not even entertain the notion anymore on Twitter. I used to. Hands up. I used to enjoy a cool tweet dunk. Um, I don't do that anymore. It's a complete, complete waste of time. One thing I'll say here is that what I like to think wrestling at its very best is an art form. It is Sometimes, and I know this is a cringe-inducing meme, it can be worthy of uh, genuine like prestige drama in terms of the plot and the way these things are mapped out and all the rest of it. A professional wrestler, right, doesn't need some incredibly in-depth, complex backstory. It's, they don't. This guy is this champion. This guy can do these moves. Um, watch out for this guy's finish, so when he hits it, you can react to it as if it's a match ender, even if it isn't. What, what more do you need? Mm. There's not much more you actually need. What did you learn, realistically, about Razor Ramon? <laughs> like in 1991, yeah, when you yeah. watched those vignettes, I'm not even like, what did you learn about him? I'm trying to think, right? But I think the listeners, in good faith, could do with... Not hearing this, I'm not saying that I, you know, I'm telling them things, but I'm just trying to think of an example of a character who was introduced deep into the just as an is uh, is an, an equivalent uh, who's introduced deep into um, like the, the span of a series. Um, Tony Blundetto, you ever watched The Sopranos? 
on my to-do list. He um, is Tony Soprano's cousin, and he was in prison for this amount. Here he is. Yeah, that that was it. <laughs> you, 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 can, you then build a character after he's been introduced. And I hate the idea, and it's not... It's bad faith, people, but, you know, there is a decent bit of faith because, again, there is a nuanced conversation to be had, just not on Twitter. So we, we <laughs> yeah. might as well have it here. I've been sucked into it, Wilborn. What did you learn realistically about Razor Ramon that immeasurably helped your understanding of that character as mm. compared to an international superstar that you see on AEW Dynamite? All right, this guy is telling you that he's a bad guy. <laughs> he's telling you that he's watched Scarface and he's not nice to people and he'll push them into water fountains and the like. You know what I mean? It's not some incredibly complex character mm. who only through watching the vignettes have you got this really deep understanding of and now you can go on this hugely emotionally resonant journey with now that you've seen him in a vignette. It's professional wrestling. This guy, you have been told, is a decorated champion who is spectacular. He is the evidence. You're in for a great match. And uh, the reason why the match is happening is because people really wanted to see it and it couldn't happen. And now that Kenny is 100% healthy, he can. Look, I was burying the build to revolution. You heard it on this podcast. Mm -hmm. If you follow me on Twitter, at msidgwick, you saw it there. This is the perfect time per their um, schedule to do this kind of match. Yeah, Kenny's still involved in one of your precious stories. It's just having this match because people want to see it. So there's demand. And if this happened like three weeks before, like slap bang in the middle of the House of Black build, I'd be like, why are you doing that? Yeah, Your job is to make me interested in the match that I'm paying money for. Guess what? That's in May. We're still in March. We can do these things now. Sorry. I'm sorry. I know people are bored of it, but it's his fault. He sucked me into the conversation. I, I, I I'm not sure if I should use this phrase. I sucked myself into the conversation. I said we're not going to talk about it, and then I ended up getting wound up myself. You take some so. ribs out to do that. Um, the you, guns. You bloody need to. <laughs> very happy about being tag team champions. Well, are, you, are you a secret Lanny Puffo? <laughs> I would never compare myself to that man. Um, they, uh, they hand their bags off to some valets. But wait a second. They're not valets. They're top flight. Why was the camera here? Uh, like, at the very, like... Sometimes, I'm sorry, go on and I'll talk about it. Yeah, they get in an argument and uh, Top Flight says, oh yeah, you'd never hand us, you hand us your bags, you should never hand us the belts because we take them off you. Tag team title match on Wednesday night. And then they forgot their bags after all that. New rule. Unless it's incredibly entertaining, if you have to ask yourself when you are writing these segments... How do we acknowledge the camera? The they cam did acknowledge the camera. Right, okay, I'm not finished, Will. Oh, sorry, am I? okay. If Tony Khan has to ask himself, right, how do I acknowledge that there's a camera here when there's absolutely no reason for a camera to be here? If you're having to ask yourself that question, you should ask yourself another question. And the other question you should ask yourself is, is this entertaining enough to justify the contrivance of a camera being where it never usually is? There are two examples of this. One, Kalos Tikeshta, that's gold. I'm going to write this segment because it's great. 
and I will just have Don Callis say, I've got the camera here to put over the pageantry, and because I've spent money, people will have to see it. I want to see his reactions and save it for yeah, yeah, posterity. Yeah, yes. But in, that justifies a camera being where it wouldn't ordinarily be. Because the way that they sometimes sort of frame why there's a camera there, it's just as contrived as an invisible camera. This gun's top flight thing could have been an advanced in any manner of ways. Yeah, it was the uh, it was the this classic. was nowhere near entertaining enough to do the guys. Why is there a camera here? Stupid reason for camera being here. <laughs> Just a long line, the latest in a long line of let's film the champions check into their hotel. Never happens. Good night for Mark Henry. Didn't even have to do the the talking up of the video package to set up this main event. Nope. Excalibur did it, and he, I'll play it, but he didn't even say all the words in this. Well, looks like we've had enough time. It's time for the main event. Six words, he said. It's time for the main event. Look, bloody happy to be there, <laughs> and I wonder why. Money for now. Uh, and that main event was uh, Brody King, who looked brilliantly terrifying as part of that entrance. Aye, then it evaporated by the end of the match. Versus Daniel Garcia, whose strategy was run away early on in the match. He tries to get King as he's coming back into the ring. Um, but King fights back. Just everything looked like it sucked to take. Avalanche in the corner, chops, drops Garcia to the floor. And Garcia thinks... Now seems like a good time to try and flirt with Julia Hart, who completely no-sells it. She's unimpressed, and Garcia turns around into Brody King, hoying him into the barricades, setting him up on that chair, slightly terrified for the fans behind it as he set up for this, and he did his crossbody, nothing moved. So it just, just, it just That spot looked incredible. Um, I would give this match that. Um, so, yeah, it just looked like it crushed Garcia's ribs. Um but Garcia comes back into it by um, drop toe holding Brody King into the ring stairs, head first to take us to a break. Uh, Garcia's in control during that. When we come back, King comes back with a big black hole slam and a pile driver uh, for a couple of two counts. He uh, chops Garcia so hard in the corner that even Chris Jericho's like, oh, that, sorry, mate, that looks like it absolutely sucks. Uh, and then brilliantly shot that cannonball. It looked like he was coming out of the screen. Um and he's got the match won, I think, at this point. Um, but Garcia puts his foot on the ropes. Um, King goes for a pile driver. Garcia counters it by uh, going for his leg. Goes for a big sleeper. Finally, Brody King struggling. And I thought this was another bit where the Paul White really putting over and explaining the the, the process of a choke. Uh, anyway, Brody King, get off of me. Throws him over the top. Discus Lariat. Um, Garcia gets out of the Gonzo bomb uh, and puts him in the walls of Jericho because that's where they are. Um, Garcia, sorry, no, not Garcia. Brody King gets to the ropes to force a rope break. Referee takes Daniel Garcia. <laughs> I very nearly inaudibly in the office said, don't do it. But they did. Yeah. Um, Garcia takes the ref with the rope break. Jericho, lingering around ringside as he has been, gets up, Floyd the bat, boom, into uh, Brody King's head, um, and Garcia puts him in the dragon sleeper, and they do the three-arm drop for the technical knockout victory, I suppose. Uh, this was just a mistake all around for me. 
an absolute mistake that was undermined to a drastic extent by AEW's just lack of discipline at its core and across so many of its uh, shows. Mm. The the first half was a pleasant and satisfying enough monstering uh, where Brody King was being Brody King and Brody King rules. I expected, however, so much more from this match given, like, the intriguing styles clash that it yeah. offered up on the match graphic. I was expecting something akin to a ZSJ versus Lance Archer G1 where he just has to grapevine. He has to look like an actual vine plant to try and just drag this monster down to the canvas, like cycling through so many different intricate submissions all on the legs just so that you could get this guy down to the mat. And instead, it was dropped to a whole, It was just such an American TV wrestling version of How to Beat a Monster, and I really just thought it was so drab and uninspiring. just felt like it ground to a halt as well, like when he's stepping over him and all the rest of it. I know much of that went in picture-in-picture, picture, but my God. And then I thought, again, like I've got a lot of latitude towards modern wrestling, and I made, this point, made that point quite often. But uh, if if he's the heel, it was like weird having a heel fight from underneath against the bigger baby face, if you like. So that was just a weird dynamic to begin with. And by doing that match, you have heel Garcia, who's basically a very gifted wrestler who's taken lo- loads of shortcuts. That's his gimmick. And he's kicking out of, like, pile drivers from Brody Lee. It's like, it doesn't take... I mean, it takes a lot for me to to suspend my suspension of disbelief, mm-hmm. um, to suspend my disbelief, to say it properly. This did that. And that must be like, I, I love a good selling performance. Like, but I'm really quite a generous wrestling fan, and at least in terms of the in-ring. I just am. Yeah, I was just getting cross and annoyed at the, the weird character dynamic, at what Garcia was kicking out of, and that's not his character. And uh, the thing that really annoyed me, of course, was the finish. The three minutes preceding it were just drab. This just felt flat as out. But the finish, how many times in recent memory, no less, have we seen AEW's, one of AEW's favorite things? We saw it with the Golden Globe. Uh, Golden Globe. We've seen it with belt shots a lot in the, la- in the JAS versus BCC. We've seen one million times one of their favoured, this is how we can get them biting and doing limbs for a, for a near fall. Referee distracted. Heel hits babyface with belt slash golden globe cast. Cast. Stokely recently. 2.9 kick out. Yeah. Moxley has kicked out of this a lot as well. Cassidy. The, this... Weapon sh- distracted referee, weapon shot 2.9. They love it. They go to this well so often. The one time it works is against Brody King, who across his last two matches has been built up by Kenny by God Omega. It's this person he can barely even snapdragon. You have to just work and work and work and work and work and work it chopping the tree down probably eating a few lariats, getting turned inside out before you can finally weaken them enough to do a regular wrestling throw. Dave, Kenny Omega must have watched this and thought, why yeah. have I bothered 
sacrificing my aura, which is always in question because it's always up for debate, for this bad shot to win when a weapon shot never gets the job done in AEW anymore because his promotion is slowly becoming defined, at least to me, by its rampant lack of discipline. And the fact that they've done that to Brody King after the last two weeks of meticulous work on the part of Kenny Omega just left me raging. I was uh, I'm not raging. I'm not like one of these idiots who just you know, gets a stream following by screaming their head off, <laughs> feigning to be that upset. I'm 37 year old. I'm not that bothered. But I was, I was like, ugh. It was the double whammy for me. So he belt shots him. Uh, sorry, bat shots him. And uh, goes, you know, what are you doing? Turn him over. Get quick ref, ref, ref. One, two, three. Yeah, let's get out of here quick. So what, did not... this, what did the commentator say as well when I finished? Stole it. Yes. And I, is that meant to be the JAS or WWE? We hate that one over there. Because it's just WWE for me at this yeah. point. You know what I mean? It's no satire anymore. There just isn't. It was So he, he goes to do the submission. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Do the pinfall. Because at least that's, oh, he was down for three, but he's suddenly woken up. And, oh, you're lucky. Because, you know, a couple more seconds and you'd have really pissed that bear off sort of thing. He goes to the submission. So I'm like, that's one. Why don't you just do a pinfall if you're going to do it right? And I may get it. Maybe you want yeah. to say, oh, he's never been pinned or whatever, right? Still, still losing in the main event rampage. But anyway. Goes to the submission, and I'm like, okay, great. Was it Bryce? I think it was refereeing this, Bryce Remsburg. He's going to go over. He's going to do the UFC thing, um, which I've campaigned for, even though it's not quite got the, in the words of Don Carlos, pageantry of the one arm drop, two. The checks are limp. The limb's limp. Right, that's he's obviously out cold. Ring the bell. And then when he went to do the, the three arm drops, I was like, well, we all know what happens here. Yeah. And Daniel Garcia's like, oh, no, you know, third arm, mm. You've pissed him off now, and maybe I don't know. I don't know what the how you get to the finish. I'm looking at the clock. You just going, don't well, book the match. Well, That's how you get to the finish. You don't book the match. Uh, look, I will say one more thing before we bring this review to a close. It's not the end of the world. No, I will watch a Brody King trios match. I'll watch JAS versus BCC, which I think will probably get billed for next week because this week's Dynamite's already quite stacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will take Brody King seriously in the context of that match. But my God, if you keep doing this sort of thing, you'll ruin something. This is one week. You can't really ruin anything after a week. But I was certainly uh, let down just yeah. across watching this. But it won't be the end of the world. I'll watch Brody King in the Chills context. And it'll be awesome. But uh, A penny for Kenny Omega's thoughts. Yes. Let us know your thoughts on AEW Rampage on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. What I say, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me Don't at- tag... Kenny Omega in the replies to this podcast. He was just being, yeah. <laughs> Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. You can check out the SmackDown review right now. Uh, and myself and the Dadly Boys will be back later on today to preview Monday Night Raw. But for now, this has been the Rampage Review. My thanks to Michael Sudwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.